Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for, for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup is like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer answer and polls are the best way to get them talking you can attach that to your your podcast there and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans and uh <clears throat> with spotify for podcasters you can earn money in a variety of ways including ads and podcast subscriptions and best of all it's totally free with no catch and that's uh that that is true um, <laughs> supposed to do a testimonial here, um, but anyways, this is the the podcast I use or the podcast uh host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh they're very good on just letting you do your thing, uh with uh with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcast on Spotify and, and this is uh this is a great way to get started if you if you've ever thought about starting a podcast this is where I would send anybody to go um <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app or you can go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started and yeah if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. Mackenzie Johnston with Cattle News Central, bringing you your April 13th cattle industry headlines. Brought to you by AgRisk Advisors. They provide risk management programs to livestock producers all across the West. Whether you are concerned about price or weather risk, AgRisk Advisors, they are here to help. With current day market fluctuations, you and I both know there is nothing more important than locking in a price floor on your cattle. So if you would like to learn more about an LRP, go ahead and reach out to an advisor today. Also sponsored by American Beef Producer Magazine. They offer in-depth articles on a wide variety of topics within the industry. They feature award-winning photography and so much more within their publication. If you haven't already done so, you need to check out their April issue. And to do that, all you got to do is click on the American Beef Producer link above in the caption. That's going to take you over to their Facebook page where you can do just that. American Beef Producer Magazine, guiding beef producers for over 25 years. And finally, Circle 5 Cow School. 
If you're wanting to learn how to project your own cows or start AIing, Circle 5 Cow School is the way to go. Almost every week, they are hosting classes somewhere between Texas and Tennessee. If you'd like to check out their schedule, head on over to circle5cowschool.com. That is the number five in there. Or you can go ahead and just give them a follow on Facebook. So on Monday, RCAF made another desperate plea and issued a press release asking Congress to reject the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act of 2022. This is RCAF's second time issuing a press release in hopes of getting this bill stopped. Of course, the first press release came out when the bill first came on the scene back in November of last year. The cattle organization believes the bill is a weak, minimalist approach to a severe crisis in the cattle market. As RCAF has stated before, they don't agree with the bill taking up two years to be fully implemented. But you have to keep in mind, um, nothing's going to happen overnight. Nothing will happen overnight, no matter what. I don't care what piece of legislation you get in, in Congress, if it gets passed, nothing's going to happen overnight. And you have to remember, we've been talking about trying to get legislation, trying to get legislation passed for the past almost exactly two years, ever since COVID hit. Uh, we've been talking about it, and you can only talk about it for so long with nothing at the end. The years are just going to go by. But of course, if there is something at the end of two years, we know things would change in two years. So really, if we get legislation passed and in two years we know it will be implemented, we are going towards something. We are not just spinning our wheels, beating our head against the wall. Just something to consider. RCAP also claims this bill will lock in the same market conditions that are now under investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice. Since this modified compromise bill has been introduced... Two new economic studies have been released, and RCAF believes they hold enough merit to change the tide when it comes to what Congress needs to do to help our cattle industry. But something with uh, something that needs to be noted with these two studies, and it has not really been mentioned, is that economists have yet to endorse or scrutinize these studies. And maybe you guys have noticed that there really hasn't been any articles about these studies. No one is talking about these studies. And that is because they have not yet been peer-reviewed. And if they will be peer-reviewed soon, or if they ever will be, I am unsure on that. But as of today, as it stands today, they have not been peer-reviewed. This does not necessarily make these studies invalid, but economists, they are not willing to comment on the research because it has not earned the stamp of peer review approval from experts in the field. In the academic world, a study essentially needs to be peer reviewed to ensure acad academic scientific quality and to basically be taken seriously. And the only reason I bring this up is because I am going to play devil's advocate for the next few minutes. I guarantee if NCBA or USCA, if they would have came out with a study backing a piece of their legislation or an idea they had that was not peer-reviewed, RCAF would be the first ones to point it out and talk about how it's not credible. I think it just needs to be noted that these, these studies, essentially, they, they haven't gotten the green flag. I think it's a red flag, but they have not been peer-reviewed, in my opinion. Another thing I want to touch on, um, these next few statements I make, I am just making them to bring conversation to the table about the situation. I have no opinion on this. Over the past two years, our government has put mandates on us. They have canceled events. They have shut down businesses. 
A lot of folks have said they have gotten in the way of our freedoms uh, that we have as Americans. Um, so a lot of us and the majority of folks in the cattle industry, we hated these mandates. We thought it was the worst for the government to get involved in our lives, to put mandates in place. So then we focus on the cattle industry now. We pride ourselves on being an independent group. That's what we are. That's what makes our, our industry so great. We like to do things our way. So if we are so against mandates and the government getting involved in what we do, why are we turning to the government for a piece of legislation that God knows that they're going to enforce? They haven't enforced the Packers and Stockyards Act. Why would they ever enforce this? And a lot of people, like I said, they're going to say what the government did over the past two years. It was taking away our freedoms, and I can't disagree with that. But a lot of people are saying if we put legislation in place when it comes to our cattle markets, that'll take away our freedoms to market our cattle how we so, cho how we so choose. And a lot of people say once you get the government involved, it just snowballs. It's like dipping your toe in that water and then just totally being submerged next thing you know. A lot of people have concerns over what are they going to mandate on the cow-calf guy next. I'm not telling, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what the solution is, but I think you need to look at both sides of the coin in this situation. The USDA has reported that slaughter levels last week were estimated at 676,000 head, 37,000 head higher than the previous week and 34,000 head or 5.3% or uh, more than a year ago. In the last four weeks, cattle slaughter has totaled 2.618 million head, 95,000 head, or 3.8% higher than last year during those same four weeks. Some are saying that these exceptional slaughter levels mean that feedlots are becoming more current, but that is not the case. These increased levels are due to more cows being culled. During the last four weeks, cow and bull slaughter totaled 611,000 head, 75,510 head, 510 head or 14% higher than a year ago. Drought and sky-high feed prices have caused cow-calf producers to call their herds much faster than originally expected. We knew we knew there would be some definite calling, but it is it is happening rapidly. The high supply of lean beef here in the United States, domestic and imported, is helping uh, is helping to keep beef prices in check. But going forward, there is a lot of uncertainty about the supply outlook for May and June. This update is also sponsored by 4T Ag Insurance, your go-to contractor for ag insurance. The folks at 4T Ag are dedicated to providing you with insight, information, and, al and alternative risk solutions that are custom-fitted to your business and personal needs. They offer both drought and crop insurance, and they offer LRPs for both feeder and fed cattle. If you'd like more information, head on over to their website, www.4tag.net. That is the number four, tag.net. Grovers has reported that NCBA has once again renewed their call for the immediate suspension of fresh beef imports from Brazil after last week's uh, USDA report highlighting the incredible increase in Brazilian beef imports. Just in the first three months of this year, Brazil has shipped more than 50,000 metric tons of fresh beef 
to the United States. This surge, is, this surge of imports has triggered a temporary tariff safeguard of 26.4% that will now apply to Brazilian beef imports for the rest of the year. This tariff may tamper further imports of Brazilian beef for the remaining eight months of the year, but it does not address the underlying concern over Brazil's reported failure to adhere to international animal health and food safety standards, according to NCBA. According to Ethan Lane, NCBA Vice President of Government Affairs, the USDA needs to reconsider their stance on Brazilian beef and take necessary action to safeguard the integrity of the entire U.S. food supply chain. NCBA would like to restrict Brazilian, uh, Brazilian beef imports altogether until Brazil proves it is a trustworthy and reliable trade partner capable of adhering to U.S. standards. Drovers has reported that during the first week of April, average cattle feeding margins totaled $146 per head, according to the Sterling Beef Profit Tracker. This average was steady with the week before, but $12 less than what we saw last year at this time. Beef packer margins for the first week of April climbed up to $324 per head. Uh, that was up $39 per head compared to the week before, but it is down $163 per head for the same week a year ago. And finally, Drovers has also reported that the House Ag Committee has requested the CEOs of the top five meat packers to appear before the panel on April 27th. And again, that panel is to discuss the cattle, uh, the cattle, the compromise bill, the Grassley Fisher bill. Um, that's going to happen on the 27th. And I believe the Senate Ag hearing happens on the 26th. They will repeatedly be sworn in before making comments, the CEOs, and if they choose to not attend, the panel will take other measures. That is all I have for you guys this morning. I hope everyone is having a good week. I just wanted to say my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone up in uh, North Dakota. That storm looks like an absolute bear. I have a good friend that lives in Hazen, and she sent me some photos, and um, it looks pretty rough, to say the least. So everyone calving up there, everyone lambing, uh, you're in my thoughts and prayers. I hope you all have a wonderful Wednesday. I will be back tomorrow for one last update this week. See you later.